It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Rapine on a Thursday. Great to be with you, Joel Corey. Coming up in 60 seconds, CBS Sports covers the salary cap. Free agency, former sports agent, going to be with us in just a second here. On Twitter, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe, iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, including Stitcher. And on LockedOnBengals.com, let me go to it right now. Because that's what you should do every single day, LockedOnBengals.com. We have our Locked On Bengals prospect spotlight. And it begins with Mike McGlinchey, who is an offensive tackle, left tackle from Notre Dame. 6'8", 310 pounds. My guy, Solomon Tentman, who I told you about, watched his film, evaluated him, and he wrote about it. Check that out, LockedOnBengals.com. Also, a free agency primer for you, a passionate plea from my guy, Zim, and more. So if you're looking for Bengals content, the number one spot for that for off-season content is this podcast and LockedOnBengals.com. Every podcast gets posted to that website as well. And without further ado, let's welcome in Joel Corey on Twitter, at Corey Joel. Joel, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on this podcast. I have to start with the contract Jimmy Garoppolo got today. And it's five years, $137.5 million. I didn't think he'd become the highest-paid player per year ever, and yet here we are. Yeah, I didn't see him becoming the highest-paid player in football after five very good starts. I thought it may not get done until after they slapped a franchise tag on him. The deadline would have been March 6th for that. And I thought it might come in closer to Derek Carr's contract, which is $25 million per year as opposed to setting a new standard and average salary per year. Yeah, I, I, that's that's how I look at it. And, and I look at it just to apply it here locally. And Kirk Cousins probably going to want more than that. He's set for, for free agency unless the Redskins do try to tag him. And I look at Andy Dalton and the contract he has. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo certainly has more upside. But I look at a Kirk Cousins, and I think he's comparable to an Andy Dalton talent-wise. And he's the 19th highest-paid quarterback uh, average per year in the NFL. So to me, I, I think the Bengals have at least from a salary standpoint, kind of a bargain with Andy Dalton. Uh, yes, they do. He's got three more years left on his contract for a shade under $48 million. He signed that deal the same offseason as Alex Smith signed his. Smith's averaged $17 million per year, and he's getting a huge raise where he's going to be making like $23 million a year uh, once the trade goes through and he goes to the Redskins with that new extension. So it kind of tells you just how good of a bargain that you have with Dalton because the market has changed dramatically in the past three, four years. Joel Corey is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Corey Joel. And, and, and Joel, I, I look at th- this Bengals team, and it looks like they are going to have some some cap money and, and, and be able to spend on outside free agents if they choose to. When you look at their situation, the veterans they have and, and the free agents they have, uh, do you think that that's a realistic thing that maybe not the Bengals themselves will think this, but that they do have the money to spend if they want to spend it? Operative words, if they choose to. <laughs> yes. That's not something which has been the uh, M.O. of the franchise 
to go out and make a splash in free agency. And part of that is they don't structure deals where you're going to entice any free agent to come in at a really high level. There's not the guaranteed money in the deals, the Bengals structure, kind of like Green Bay and Pittsburgh. Uh, so I think they're going to stick with the MO. Let's try to retain our own guys uh, that we make a priority. But I think you also have to go out and address the offensive line after the losses to it last year in the fact you've used high picks on offensive linemen that haven't necessarily lived up to their um, billing. Being a, a former sports agent and being really familiar with this, I have to ask you because the Bengals take pride in in keeping Adam Jones in his final year of his contract or keeping a veteran who might be a, a step or two past their prime even though they haven't given them the, the guaranteed money maybe up front, they always try to see the contracts out through the end. How do athletes, how do free agents look at that when, when they're approached by a team like the Bengals, who usually honor their contracts but don't offer a ton of guaranteed money up front? Well, Burton Hand is worth two in the bush, so players like the guaranteed money, and that's going to be what what is more persuasive. Even though you are right that you have a better shot of completing your contract with the Bengals than you do with other teams, Players like the security as opposed to the track record that the Bengals may have and keep them a player a little longer than maybe they should. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Joel Corey is our guest. Make sure you check out his work at cbssports.com. Also on Twitter, at Corey Joel. And I look at some of these free agents and one that a lot of, of people have speculated here in Cincinnati on whether or not the Bengals should retain is Tyler Eifert. And obviously when he's on the field, when he's playing and, and healthy, he, he's a difference maker. But he hasn't been healthy playing in 39 of 80 regular season games. When you look at a guy like Tyler Eifert, what kind of market do you think he'll have? He screams one-year prove-it deal someplace, whether it's in Cincinnati or elsewhere. If I'm another team, I am not paying him significant money because he's never on the field. And if it is a one-year deal, I want a good portion of that money in per-game roster bonuses. I'm willing to put money in not likely to be earned incentives, which will pay him for like a top tight end if he can actually stay in the field and produce like he did in 2015. Um, I would not make a significant investment in Tyler Eifert at this point in time. And a few other free agents I, I want to ask you about. And One is, is a guy who started all four years here with the Bengals, and it's Russell Bodine. He's not the the most famous guy here uh, among fans, but certainly the Bengals like continuity. I think uh, Marvin Lewis has already mentioned that he wants to 
keep him around if they can. When you look at a guy like that, who's probably a, a mid-tier center compared to the rest of the, the 2018 offensive line free agents, where do you think he'll, he'll, his market will be? Where do you think he'll stack up? Yeah, mid-tier is about right. I had the word serviceable in mind, but basically the same thing. Um, I would not break the bank for him. And by break the bank, we saw at the end of the regular season, Corey Lindsley, who's been a much better center, uh, signed to stay in Green Bay for $8.5 million a year. Justin Britt last year signed a deal before the season started at $9 million per year with um, to stay in Seattle. Uh, maybe the J.C. Treader range, which is a little under $6 million a year, uh, what he took from Green Bay to go to uh, Cleveland would be – something which would be more attractive to Cincinnati or even if they could get them cheaper than that. Uh, the thing is, the wanting to keep some continuity is going to cut in his favor, and if Marvin really wants to keep him, they may overreact to losing Andrew Whitworth last year and Kevin Zeitler and pay him a little more than they should. And and that's, that's the thing, Joel, because I, I don't think that this team ever recovered from losing those two players. And just knowing, looking at, at the market and, and how they – do have a bargain in Andy Dalton. Wouldn't it have been, and it's easy for me to say, you know, in this studio behind a mic now, in hindsight, oh, it would have been easy to, to maybe overpay a little bit for Andrew Whitworth or, or to keep Kevin Zeitler around. But even at those dollars, don't you think, looking at how the Bengals line was, that it was would have been a wise decision to keep at least one of those guys around last year? Yeah, more Whitworth than Zeitler, because I don't think the Bengals were going to ever make him the highest paid yeah, I agree. offensive guard. <laughs> So that's that was kind of, kind of out of the window. Whitworth, uh, yeah, for an older guy, and you really don't want to pay a 35-year-old lineman, give him the biggest contract of his career. But he sure did make a great difference with the Rams this year, really solidified that line. So that's the one you probably needed to focus on because left tackles are still a premium position in the NFL. We're talking with Joel Corey on Twitter, at Corey Joel. And how does the league look at? the Bengals in in the free agent because they're not known to go out and be big spenders in free agency. They like to extend their own own players, keep their own stars around. How how do opposing players, opposing agents uh, look at or, or agents in general look at the Bengals if they represent a, a player that might come in contact with them during the free agent period? They still are unfairly labeled with the reputation of being cheap that they had 15 years ago because they will pay certain players because they gave top dollar to for the receiver market at the time to A.J. Green. So they're not opposed to doing that for the right player. They're more of a destination, kind of like you saw with uh, Kevin Minter last year, that he was looking for $8, 9000000 million a year in the open market, couldn't get it when it came time to sign a one-year prove-it deal the Bengals became more attractive. So um, it's going to be retain your own, um, and then it's going to be you're not going to participate heavily in the first wave of free agency where it's really more of a seller's market than a buyer's market. Once that shifts, that's when the Bengals tend to come into play. And, and Joel, can we look at that for a second? Because I looked at the final four teams, and they were all active in free agency last year, all went out and got – different pieces, and obviously the Eagles, who went on to, to win the Super Bowl, had a bunch of different free agents they signed, from Alshon Jeffrey to Torrey Smith. They made trades, and they were active. Just as a, the NFL in general, is the building through the draft with young players, especially with this CBA where there isn't as much practice time, it, it is a little harder to develop them. 
Is free agency more valuable now? Is that something teams need to use more so with the cap going up and with the less practice time? Yes and no. You you still have to build, to me, the foundation of your team through the draft because if you hit on players, those are the cheapest guys you're ever going to get. But at the same time, you saw Jacksonville go out and buy a defense this year, and it got them to the AFC Championship game. Um, Howie Roseman in Philadelphia has been aggressive on all fronts. He's a guy that makes a lot of trades. That may be where the new wave is as opposed to free agency. Since teams have an abundance of cap room, they're able to make trades more freely than they have been in the past. But you you are also going to see the Green Bay Packers have a slight shift in philosophy now that Ted Thompson is no longer the GM. He was a tried-and-true, build-through-the-draft guy, avoided free agency for the most part like the plague. This year, with the new turnover in the front office, they're probably going to be a little more aggressive in free agency than the past. Yeah, and that's that, that's what I think a lot of Bengals fans want uh, from their team as well. Joel, you've been great with your time. Last question here, just just looking at the the prospects, the potential free agents that could be on the market for offensive linemen. Would you say it's a strong class, a weak class, somewhere in the middle? Well, if you're an offensive lineman and more or less can walk and chew gum and do something else to multitask, you saw last year you got paid a lot of money. So I think Nate Solder, since there aren't a ton of left tackles out there, he's going to break the bank, and I expect Andrew Norwell to surpass Kevin Zeitler as the highest-paid offensive guard. Make sure you follow Joel on Twitter, at Corey Joel. Joel, I appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you for coming on. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Good stuff there from Joel here on the Locked on Bengals podcast. We'll probably have him on again during free agency. It's just, it's interesting, isn't it? It's really interesting to me that this is where we are. The Bengals don't do this, and the Packers are moving. The Packers are transforming. They're changing. And the Bengals probably going to stick to the same deal. If... Andy Dalton is a bargain at his money. Take that money and throw it at a Nate Solder. Do it. And then you can still draft. That's the thing. You want to turn a weakness into a strength? Double down. Sign an offensive lineman, a high-priced one that's going to help right away. Let's say they sign Nate Solder, right, for, let's say, $10 million per. Sign Nate Solder. Well, they're getting Nate Solder and Andy Dalton for less than what the uh, whatever team signs Kirk Cousins is getting Kirk Cousins. Who would you rather have? I'd rather have a competent left tackle and Andy Dalton than just Kirk Cousins. With that being said, you can also draft one at 12, whether it's Mike McGlinchey, whether it's Orlando Brown, whether it's a- anybody else you look at, you could draft offensive linemen and really make it a strength. That's why I haven't ruled out them going after a wide receiver. In fact, I, I feel passionate about one that they should go after, a veteran that I would go after, that they should go after, in my mind, that I'm going to get to. I'm going to write about it at LockedOnBengals.com. I've already hinted at it uh, on this podcast last week. But ultimately, this team, if you want to turn a weakness into a strength, double down, cover yourself, get more, add a center, add a a left tackle, add a right tackle, and do those. Add two to three linemen in the draft, keep Andre Smith, and add Nate Solder. There you go. You, you get to keep your Andre Smith, who you're comfortable with. You go out and you get the big-name guy, Nate Solder, and you draft some young guys that you can develop, and boom. Just like that, you turned a weakness into a strength overnight. 
The Eagles were 7-9 and nine last year. The example is there. They turned plenty of weaknesses into strengths. How? They didn't have receivers last year. Nelson Aguilar was a bust. Now he's, he's a favorite. He's a fan favorite in Philadelphia. Why? They went out and got Alshon Jeffrey. They went out and got Torrey Smith. They traded for Jay Ajayi. They weren't afraid to get LeGarrette Blunt. So to me, the Bengals go out, make moves. They traded for a corner. That's the other thing. And you'll hear from Jim Osarski tomorrow on the podcast. But to me, I, I look at this, and it's just it's simple. Simple fix. You got to go with both. Double up. You heard Joel talk about the Packers. I get it. You build through the draft. The Bengals have their foundation. Their foundation of really good players that they've drafted from Andy Dalton to A.J. Green to Geno Atkins to Carlos Dunlap to Carl Lawson to William Jackson III and on and on. Darquez Denard and Drake Kirkpatrick on and on and on. We could go down to Michael Johnson if you want to add him. Like we could go on and on. Jordan Willis. Ryan Glasgow, Andrew Billings. But the bottom line is, is if you don't supplement those, like Clint Bowling, he's a good player. They drafted him on the offensive line. I have no problem bringing back Russell Bodine either if you're doing it with backup money. Don't break the bank, as Joel said. Don't break the bank for him. Break the bank on Nate Solder and draft a couple linemen in the first couple rounds, first four rounds. Think about it. If you draft Nate, or if you sign Nate Solder, then you're not hell-bent, and fans aren't hell-bent on drafting a tackle with 12. And the last thing I want them to do is have tunnel vision. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Tomorrow, Jim Osarski, Cincinnati.com, will be on this podcast. You'll hear from him. We'll talk Bengals as the offseason continues. LockedOnBengals.com is booming with articles right now, including the prospect spotlight, like I mentioned, McShay's mock. The Bengals shouldn't have tunnel vision in the draft. So much more. And by the way, tomorrow there'll be another prospect spotlight. And the next day there'll be another prospect uh, prospect spotlight. And it's something something worth checking out and keeping tabs on. Because by the end of it, my guy Solomon Tentman is going to, he's a former linebacker, former college linebacker. And we're going to get him on this podcast. But he's evaluating offensive linemen. The linebackers, quarterbacks, running backs. He's going to evaluate all these positions. So by the time the draft rolls around, you are going to be well-versed if you pay attention to LockedOnBengals.com. I told you, the best place for off-season coverage is right here. The Locked on Bengals podcast and LockedOnBengals.com. Thank you so much for listening today's to today's podcast. No music today. Maybe we'll get some music in tomorrow's podcast. I'm James Rapine. Thank you for listening. Until tomorrow, when Jim Osarski of Cincinnati.com will be here. I'm James Erpine. This has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.